Welcome to Boobies, Bits, and Booty, an anthology of feminine conversations. With me remotely is Melanie Fitter. Mel works in the healthcare field, and she's a graduate of Carthage College, uh, where she met her partner. And they're child-free, and Mel has taken the reins on making sure that lifestyle choice is honored in their relationship. And we're going to talk about that, because being child-free as a woman is a struggle on so many levels, but also it is so wonderful. Don't you agree, Mel? Yes, I do agree. And I'm glad we're using child-free because... I always hate when people say they're childless because that's just a, I feel like that includes, that includes women and feminine people who may not be able to have kids due to some other like medical or socioeconomic reason that I just am like, mm, I'm not that part because that they didn't have the option to say no in that. That's a really good point. So I just want to clarify child free is a choice, whereas being childless is maybe something circumstantial? Yeah. So usually when they talk about being childless, it's usually regarding, like I said, feminine people that, you know, typically they might have a medical condition or they might be in a like socioeconomic state where they're just not able to either afford to have the kid even though they want one or they just aren't able to get the nutritional levels to have a healthy pregnancy. Oh, I did not consider that that deeply anyway. Um, Yeah. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So let's talk a little bit about you. Can you tell me your definition of child-free and how you came to realize that that's something you wanted for yourself? Yeah. So to me, being child-free is... Like in my case, it doesn't mean necessarily that I hate kids. I don't want to be around like babies or anything like that. Like I am a big, as you know, we've both worked in childcare. So we've interacted with kids a lot. So I definitely have enjoyed like, I say I make a much better, a fun aunt than I do a mom because I have just in my experiences between I have about, I want to say maybe four years of different childcare background professionally. And then my brothers from my stepmom is actually, she had them when I was in high school. So I got to firsthand a lot of experience on being kind of a second mom in the house. So you like know what you're walking yeah, away from. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's like I've got to experience a lot of being a parent without actually having the children. And I got to do it with the fun added stigma of people assuming I was a teen mom. Oh, you know, well, but yeah, I think a lot of part of the making decision came from, it was always something that I kind of thought was just expected of me between kind of like, you know, when your family's always like, oh, you're going to be such a good mom when you have kids. Look how well you do with this baby. Or, you know, like we come from a background where motherhood is considered a woman's primary role. Oh, right. So yes. it is definitely something that it almost was treated as like, well, no, duh, you're going to have kids. But I never like had the imagine of, oh, I can't wait to be to meet a husband and have a baby. 
Like I know that was never something that I saw for myself. It always like (laughs) whenever I'd have, whenever I think about a kid and I'd have to have it in some tragic way. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Because I'm like, that's the only way. (laughs) Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that does stem just from growing up without my own mom super present in my life. So I didn't have like, I had like other female figures in my life, but I didn't have that direct maternal person in my life until I was almost 12 when my stepmom came into the picture. Sure. I have a question for you because you brought up, you know, our upbringing and kind of where Mm -hmm. we went to school and the values that we were taught. I'm so curious in your senior like bio, your goals in our yearbook, did you say that you wanted to have kids? You know, I don't think I actually ever did. I think, I don't even think I put in getting married either. I think I was just like, you know, I was like, I have so much that I want to do. And I just, that wasn't, that was never a me thing. And I was, I think, really fortunate that my fam, that the family I came from was never like, oh, well, now the next step obviously is for you to get kids. And it was interesting. And my grandmother was one of the, but were several of my grandmothers were big driving forces. Like we didn't have these opportunities when we were growing up. It was, you just go straight to wife and motherhood. And they were saying, we're not saying that you can't get married or have a kid, but she, they almost said it'd be like a wasted opportunity. They felt when they were willing to help support me through it. That's so interesting. So, so would you say that like any pressure that you feel from your family, maybe to have, kids is coming from younger generations than them? No, I think as I got older and I kind of like, I think to them there was instead of just maybe when they were growing up, it was, oh, women, we go through high school and then we're on the hunt for the husband and maybe we'll get a menial job. But until then, when we can fulfill our true role, But to them, it kind of became, oh, now you can go to school and get a better job, but you still have the kids because Mm. I know I did have a lot of those initial conversations in college where people would ask about having kids. And I think especially, you know, as we said, in the school environment we came in, we had so many classmates that were getting married so soon. Like here I am trying to think how am I gonna go now that this recession's happening how am I gonna find a job and they're like baby number two. Oh my god that's so real <laughs> I guess another follow-up question that I have for you is do you get bingoed very often I don't know if you're familiar with that term no I'm not I was gonna ask oh. you about that so being bingoed is when someone asks you all of those obnoxious questions that child-free women always get maybe you just oh. haven't found the right man you'll feel differently when you're older oh, yeah. don't you think you're being I've, selfish stuff like that yeah I've actually dealt with being bingoed a lot and there's actually a few instances that specifically stick out in my mind And I think that has helped kind of like build up my convictions on it. Okay. You know, with everything going on, I was like, well, who's going to take care of you when you get old? And to me, that's always like, so what's the, the point of having children is that you want something to unconditionally love. But it seems like a lot of times when people ask me questions, it's, well, how are you going to have an extension of yourself out there in the world, a legacy, a second you to kind of 
fix your mistakes that were that you had the first time around. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, because that's a lot of just like, oh, well, what about your legacy? Or, oh, how is the family line going to be carried on? Oh, and yeah, that I've heard. That stuff like that. But I've okay. just, I've interpreted it as more of, no, you don't have kids because you want to love them. You have kids as this is your way of showcasing what a person, like a good person you are. Oh, because okay. of all your account, your child's accomplishments. That's how I've always taken it. It's kind of like, to me, it's like, why would I have a person to, tr- that I can try to fix the mistakes when I'm still dealing with those mistakes myself? Right. No, that's totally fair. So it's, it's safe to assume that largely your family is still kind of expecting you to have children. Um, Not as much. I think what's helped is Ben... And I have been together for almost 10 years between dating and now marriage. Jesus, we're um, old enough we, to have relationships like that. <laughs> oh, my God. And Ben was very much right away. He's like, I don't want any kids, like not a thing that I want. And I was like, you know, I don't. At that point, I was still like on the fence because I was afraid like if I said oh my god I don't want to have kids either they'd be like why don't you want to fulfill your primary mission in life (laughs) (laughs) because that is another thing that I've had to deal with I had a person who was maybe just a couple years older than me talking about how our generation is so selfish by not having kids all the time right and um, millennials are killing the baby industry (laughs) for killing all the industries (laughs) but you know ben and i have always like we have this talk every once in a while because you know people change and circumstances change so it's always been something that one of the things we like check in with each other and say hey are you still feeling this way about this scenario that we discussed so we've always been kind of very open with that communication so we've always said that, you know, maybe if we did decide we want to have kids, we're definitely not in a place where we could give a child a proper home. It'd almost be more selfish at this point if we had any kids. Mm. And we always had thought that, especially since Ben is not a big fan of babies, that we would want to go into looking to maybe adopt or foster older children. Mm. So that was kind of our, that was kind of our always thing was, you know, even if we do decide we're not in a position right now and to us, family is what you make it, not what someone would define traditional family as. Sure. And I love your little family with the cats. I do too. I would, and that's the other thing. I always make a point to call it a family because I know a lot of people are like, oh, animals aren't pet aren't babies and I'm like no they're kind of my babies yeah they definitely are your babies not even kind of oh my god the one's been spazzing out by the door because I closed it on him (laughs) that is my life that's why I can't that's why I can't pee with the door closed anymore oh my god Melanie, draw some boundaries between you and the cats. <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a forever toddler. I've told my parents. I'm like, they just they whine until you give them what they want, and you don't know what they want half the time. 
So, oh, but they're perfect anyway. They are. Um, so, I guess my next question for you is if you didn't kind of like fully latch on to like the child free moniker until after you were with Ben, did like knowing that you didn't really want children, did it affect any of your other romantic relationships like leading up to Ben? I see. I never really had like anything super serious that I was at that point of, oh, I'm not planning on having kids. And I think a lot of times in general, when people would say anything, I always like, I always felt like I had to give them a justifiable excuse Mm. for why I don't want kids. And are they excuses or are they actual reasons though? Well, they, they can be reasons, but it's, it almost felt like my answer of, I just don't want kids was never good enough for people. Sure. So I was kind of like, if I sprinkle in a good explanation for it, then they'd back off a little bit. Like perfect example is I suffer from clinical depression, you know, I'm a very big advocate in open mental health discussion. So Mm -hmm. I've openly said to many people that, you know, I suffer from depression and I either have to stay on the medication and increase the possibility of a child with autism or go off of it. And then because I wouldn't be just be off of it while pregnant, I'd have to make that active decision to go off of it to have a baby. And then that would also mean if I decided to try to breastfeed the baby, I'd be off of it for at least another year. That is a long time. And it's, and in my experience, the few times I've had to stop it have not been a great time. And Ben would agree with that. Oh, I have so many hugs for you right now. I get get that. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating that we can't just be like, oh, we don't want to have kids because the other thing I've always said is, oh, well, I just haven't resolved my mom issues that mm. I'm worried are going to carry over. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, you'll really love it and, and it'll sync with you when you have your own child. And I got into this argument with this girl about my age about this. And she, I said, is it selfish for me to not want it? Or is it more selfish for me to have this child to think that it's going to magically make me maternal? Right. And then I've brought this baby in that maybe I don't actually didn't actually want. And now this child didn't ask for any of this, but is going to suffer the trauma and own mental health issues from the relationship we have that I based simply on just, oh, I need to have a baby and I will eventually feel maternal. That is just such a like a wild train of thought to me because I've had people say that to me too. Oh, it's different when they're yours or the bad times will pale in comparison to the good times. It's like, but what if they don't? Yeah. That's always my thing is you can't say, and I feel like I've been around so many people who have had kids at different stages of their lives and stuff. And some have had the kids that were surprises and stuff. And it's just a very, it's very, you can tell when, you know, it's a woman who needs help more than she's getting because she's supposed to, as a mom, just know how to do it. Have you ever had someone 
like do anything wild to try to convince you to have a child? Well, that rhymed accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't like had really anybody like convincing more. It's just, if you know my dad, my dad Mm -hmm. wants, my dad loves babies. He is the baby whisperer as we call him because any child that has never met my dad is automatically drawn to him, stops being fussy. Like he just has this magic baby touch that even like oh he doesn't really like to be held by strangers we'll reach out for my dad I believe that I totally 100 believe that. it's so crazy I if I had not witnessed it several times for myself I would think it was like some kind of weird folktale Santa Claus style <laughs> but he's actually said in the past like he hasn't said it recently since we've I feel like we've addressed more that we aren't planning to have the kids and he's respecting our decision Mm-hmm. But for a while, he was saying like, oh, well, if you have the baby, I'll just raise it for the first two years for you. And then you get it back. Oh, God. And I'm like, so you're giving me a stranger child back. That is. <laughs> who has no idea who I am because you've raised this baby. Jeez. My mom hasn't really handled the child free thing very well. She has a friend whose daughter has children. And one day the girl I'm talking about, I really adore her. Like we grew up together. She's great. Um, But she, she and I were drinking together once with our moms, of course. And we had a little too much and she had already had, I, I believe her first child. And she was so hell bent on getting me to give my mom a grandchild that she threatened to poke holes in my condoms. Isn't it it so crazy that like (laughs) there are those women too that it's almost like, well, I've had a baby now, you have to have the baby. All that says all that says to me, and I'm so sorry, this is gonna sound so harsh, but in that moment, all I could think was misery loves company. Exactly. That's how I feel too, because it's like they always say that and they always say that when like, oh, it's a magical time as your child is like And I'm sure for many, many women it is. And I, I'm sure it is like I've seen, I have, you know, I have cousins now who are having their first kids and I have friends who have kids and they are such great parents. But again, that's just like, don't force it on me. Sure. Sure. Just like I wouldn't want to force being child free on anybody else. Like if you yeah. want to have children, great. That's awesome. I'm just never going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's been, that's kind of my thing too, is like, it's like any other lifestyle. You know, if you meet someone who doesn't drink, they're not going to want to hang out with you if you just keep forcing them to try to drink every time you're with them. Right. It's like a good, I feel like it's like, a, it is based, like I said, being, you know, being child-free is a choice. And if people aren't respecting your lifestyle choices, then it's not worth your time to try to keep those relationships sometimes if that's all they're going to try to do with you. Right. I want to switch gears just a little bit because we've sure. ta- we've talked kind of about how it can kind of be tough as a woman to be child free, but I want to mm-hmm. talk about the good stuff. What do you see yeah. as the benefits of being child free? Well, I think, you know, Ben and I were talking about like just what's been going on with this pandemic with so many people struggling you know, to manage childcare and to manage online school and stuff like that. And with our work schedules, Ben and I were like, we would have never been able to 
manage if this is especially because you know we don't have really the space for any kid but it's also nice too because we can make those decisions like for last minute like hangouts with our friends or if we decide we want to go on a vacation somewhere we don't have to worry about oh we have to travel with a baby or we have to find a babysitter that will keep the bait that will keep them for so long and all those extra expenses because right now you know it's just I feel like it's so hard to with how much school debt everybody is in just to make ends meet that adding a child sometimes just does not seem even feasible to me. I'm like, I don't even know where this money for this kid would be come from. Right. I would also add, you know, you and you kind of touched on this, the luxury of, of sleep with that free time. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even have to choose to go on vacation. I can just choose to remain in bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you have taken the reins on birth control in your household. Yes. How have you gone about doing that? So, like I said, Ben and I have actively made that decision to be child-free. I've talked, I talked about in the past about wanting to look into um, like a permanent sterilization option. And I'd been doing a lot of research and I'd seen a lot of you know, women just saying like, oh my gosh, I have a medical condition and my doctor still won't let me get it because I'm only 25 and just stuff like that. And, or it's like, they said I do it, but I have to lose like a certain amount of weight, which is like an unfeasible amount anyways, because, you know, as we get older, especially in women, it's harder to lose that weight. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they just were building obstacles for these women. And so... Ben and I had talked about it. He's like, oh, yeah, why don't you? In his mind, he was like, well, why don't you just wait till you're 35? And then, you know, because most people say you should really stop having kids by for health reasons. Mm-hmm. So he's like, they might be more open to that. But I was like, you know what? It, if this is going to be a long road thing, I don't want to wait till I'm 35 to start making that decision on my own bodily autonomy. So I had to go into an OBGYN appointment anyways for my birth control to get updated. And I just mentioned to her, I said, you know, I've been thinking about like a permanent sterilization option. And my husband and I have talked about this because I just specifically waited till after I was married Mm -hmm. (laughs) in case they tried to pull the your husband needs to come in and sign. Because I Damn. knew Ben would be there within five seconds with a pen, like, let me do it. Right, right. Her body, her choice. And I was like, ready. And I said, you know, we've been together for 10 years. We've talked about, like, I, I've i seen enough videos and, like, people's blog posts about it and stuff like that. I kind of, like, had answers ready for questions they didn't really ask. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, like, oh, we um, we've talked about it. I said, I've. I'm in therapy. I've talked to my therapist about it. And, you know, it's something that I really want to do. I said, I'm turning 30 in the next year. So I really didn't want to, you know, be worried about it at an older age as well. And I was ready, like, to, I was kind of ready to, like, throw down with this doctor who was a very (laughs) nice woman. And she's like, oh, yeah, there's a paper. There's a paper. I just need you to sign. She's like, as long as you understand it's permanent and you know there are other options, which you do since you're here for birth control replacement. It's like, you sign this paper, your husband doesn't need to do anything about it, and we'll call you to schedule you in 30 days. 
So can I can I just ask what permanent option did you go with? So I went with a tubal ligation. What they did for me, because there's a couple different ways they could do it. They can like basically like band your tubes. So mm-hmm. they're just like clamped. Okay. Down. What she actually did for mine was she took a soldering iron and removed them. Oh. So I still get periods, but I'm badass. not able to like, but I just don't have any place for a egg to fertilize. So there, that obviously comes with its own risks where you need to, you know, be careful where if you think you might be pregnant, it's got to be, it's an epigoptic pregnancy. So that can be a what scary thing to happen. Basically, instead of in the uh, fallopian tube where the baby would develop, it happens in basically your uterus lining. It attaches on there. Oh. So your baby is not actually growing where it's supposed to be. Okay. And then it would eventually either cause you to bleed out or the baby wouldn't actually survive. Oh. Because it's not a feasible thing. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a, it is a life-threatening option. She's like, it happens to like, one percent of people, but you have to be aware of that risk when you get it done. For sure. So can you tell me just a little bit more about like the whole process? Like how did you prep for your procedure? Yeah. Than the procedure itself and maybe about your recovery process, because yeah. full disclosure, Mel and I are very close friends. So I knew when she had her procedure done and mm-hmm. your turnaround time seemed so fast. Yeah, I think you were like one of the first people when I actually got it approved just after Ben that I texted me like, guess what? Oh, yeah. And I I looked at Evan and I was like, oh, she just won the prize. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. I don't have that link like up, but I can certainly give it to you to put in show notes. But there is, because it is so complicated and so many of these doctors like to play God about it. Yeah. uh, Women have been putting together across the states, different place, different doctors you can go to that are more than willing to help you with making that choice. Yeah, that would be great if you could find that. I'll definitely give you that because I'm all for like huge advocacy for women being able to take, you know, control of their bodies back. Yes. <laughs> anyway. But, so yeah, but yeah, so my, yeah, so obviously the first step was they just gave me a call to schedule it cuz like I said in the state of Wisconsin at least as long as you're 18, you sign the paper and you can get the surgery within 30 days. Okay. So then I made, I scheduled the appointment and the next step was going to be having to get a COVID screening because I did get it last December. It was so that I had long to, ago? Yeah. It seems, it's still so shiny and new to me. I, I know. <laughs> it's so exciting. It is. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm no, just excited. <laughs> yeah. So then I, you know, I requested off work because how my doctor does it. She said, I like to do it. So you get like a three day weekend because recovery is not that bad. So she schedules it for a Thursday. And then she like, will write you an excuse to get out of work for Friday. Mm -hmm. And so we had, I had the appointment all set up. I get a call from my doctor's office. I think the week I was like the day before I was supposed to get my COVID screening saying the doctor had to reschedule you for the next week. <laughs> and so it was just, I had to like reconfirm my time off. I had to, 
just rearrange my schedule to make sure I could get in for that vaccine, for that uh, COVID test. Mm -hmm. So then Ben had to drive me because I was going to be going under with anesthesia, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he got his own little like waving husband bag together I called it we put in snacks for him and our Nintendo Switch nice. so he had something to do while he was waiting in there <laughs> so he drove me there we got you know scanned to make sure that everything's okay I got into the room and they just they did a urine sample just to double check there's no pregnancy and then they just did some lab work to make sure that I wasn't going to have any issues with any medications they were going to give me while under and it was so funny because every person that came in from like just the nurse who was taking me to the bed to every technician that came in they were asking you sure you still want to do this uh, you sure this is this is what you want yeah more and than ever were, man <laughs> yeah because they had to like make sure that ben wasn't pressuring me into this either mm, sure and stuff so they were like no one's forcing you to do this right do you feel comfortable with the person you brought in. Yeah. So it was just, mo it was more, I got there, I think about an hour before procedure. So I had about, you know, just waiting for tests and waiting for them to come for the doctor to come in. And she was explaining the entire thing to me. Cause like I said, with the procedure I get, I still get periods. Like mm -hmm. I still ovulate and stuff. So she said, well, sometimes women have the choice to just keep birth control going since they will just helps regulate hormones. So I had made that decision. So they were replacing my, I have the arm implant. So she was just coming and explaining how both procedures were going to go. Ah, okay. And they ran all the tests and everything was good to go. And they put me under and I woke up and this, um, she's like, we're just making sure you can, you're awake for good before we take you back to your room nothing happened and I think I was like okay sounds great and then I just like all of a sudden I'm back in the room <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like oh we're just gonna we have to keep you for a little bit just to make sure that you're not dealing with any um, after effects from the anesthesia she's like everything went great because mm -hmm. it's actually just small incisions like in the same line as my belly button, okay. about like a few inches apart from the belly button. So they're really not noticeable. And they just put in the stitches that will just dissolve. So it was a painful procedure just because, you know, they removed stuff and they had to like move around some stuff to get in there. Right. And I think she said, oh, we had to make one side a little bigger on the incision because your tube was refusing to come out. Oh, that darn tube. And as I'm like half asleep eating my graham crackers and drinking my juice, <laughs> because I was like so overjoyed at graham crackers. Yes. Ben's like, oh, by the way, they told me you had a cyst on one of your ovaries. I'm like, what? Oh, that's not a thing I wanted to hear. And then the doctor came in. I'm like, I have a cyst. Is it okay? Are you going to do a biopsy? Like, I was all like, this is it. No. This is it. I just got can I got child free and now cancer. Oh. But she's like, no, it, it's fine. It was, it was fine. Your, your husband is fine. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what, they don't tell me these things. I didn't know you got them there. No. So, yeah, after they just made sure we were doing okay, they gave me my prescriptions because I got a, super strong painkiller and then just a higher dose of ibuprofen. Mm, okay. 
So they gave me those. Ben brought me home and I just went back to sleep with my cats by me because they were very concerned. Cats are the best nurses. They they were so intuitive that something had happened and mama needed care. Oh. But yeah, so the hardest part was just sleeping because I am a side sleeper uh. and my cert, my stitches are right where I right on my side. So and I can't like lay flat on my back too well. So he's like, Ben's like, you're doing this like weird half sideways sleeping. No, but yeah, I was fine by Monday. I went back to, cause I worked from home. So it wasn't like I had to drive back into work or anything. Sure. So I went back to work. We had a standing desk. So I did a lot of standing because sitting put too much pressure right where my pain was. Because it at this point was just feeling like more of a heavy period cramp. Mm. So there was that. And then I just had to get cleared for two weeks uh, without heavy lifting. So. Well, it sounds fairly simple as long as you yeah. know, you get you go to the right doctor. Yeah, and the nice thing is because it is considered a birth control option, most insurances do cover it. Okay. Under birth control, because that's what I was asking. I said, is this going to be an extra like procedure? And she's like, no, most most will cover it mm. because it is considered birth control. Do you know offhand if Planned Parenthood can hook you up with someone that does this if you don't have insurance? I do not know if Planned I don't know if Planned Parenthood I don't think and there's any, as far as I know, nearby that could do this procedure, but I think they might have resources for helping with okay. that. Listeners, I am going to call a local Planned Parenthood and just find out what mm-hmm. their procedure is, if any, for getting a more permanent birth control option. And I'll include that in the show notes, too. And tell them thank you for continuing to do a great job. Oh, as, yeah. You know, the world has fallen apart. Oh, yeah, for sure. I will. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love Planned Parenthood. They are a great great organization and I'm tired of all the flack they get. Right. Right. They definitely don't deserve it. So I guess just kind of to close us out, do you have any advice for anyone who is child free or thinks they might be child free? Just how, you know, to go about thinking about it, making that decision, maybe breaking it to your families. I think, you know, it is something that you just have to really like stick to your guns about and if you're like me and you know giving them some excuses straight up helps to even the blow but you know in the ultimate end it is just like I said a lifestyle decision you're deciding the lifestyle and it doesn't make any feminine person less than because they're not fulfilling this supposed primary role and you know it is it is a great thing to be able to just say it with confidence and just think of, I feel like especially since I've gotten out of school and stuff, I found a lot more people like-minded like you and some of my other friends who are also in the same. And it's, there's just so many great communities that you can reach out and support. Like I am in just a Facebook group where we just do like different yarn related crafts and we're child free. So It's just you can find a great support group anywhere and just don't feel like you have to find an excuse for why you're doing it. If you just know you don't want to have kids, that is enough. You don't need to have an act that have like a backup reason. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me here, Mel. Oh, thank well, you for kind of remotely, me. but this has been so nice to talk to you and give you virtual hugs. Yes, <laughs> I do love ex- and I do love excuses to drink champagne with you. Right, same. I got almost through the whole bottle. What about you? Yeah. I have another glass full just because I didn't want to reopen the (laughs) bottle while I was being recorded. Oh, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, this has been Boobies, Bits, and Booty, an anthology of feminine conversations. You can follow me on social media on Facebook at Boobies, Bits, and Booty, on Twitter at BBB Podcast 905, and on Instagram at Boobies, Bits, and Booty. Thank you so much for being here with us. Catch you next time. Bye.